are here about to uh, launch into a new series. Um, we closed out our series last week on uh, our series called Committed. Um, prayerfully, uh, God has shifted us and done all that he's needed to do with us in that area of commitment. Um, now we're, we're um, diving back into the Old Testament and we're going to uh, move through a series in the book of Ruth, the book of Ruth. Um, and we're going to start right there at the beginning. So I'm going to start reading in Ruth chapter 1 at verse 1. I always give an extra uh, uh, 10 seconds when we go into the Old Testament. <laughs> There's Joshua, there's Judges, then there's Ruth. And after Ruth, there's 1 Samuel. So if you, if you go too fast, you'll, you'll skip it, you'll miss it. You'll miss it quick. But it's important. Yeah. It's an important book. So, um, book of Ruth. And I, also, I, just, I just also want to praise God for allowing me to be at the InterVarsity um, Fellowship at University of Delaware on Friday. Um, that, that was a blessing to be there with the students, and we have uh, some of them here, so I just wanted to take the time to acknowledge that. Ruth, chapter 1, says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. And the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Milan and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah. In the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there about 10 years, and both Malin and Kilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place uh, where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to, to her two daughters-in-law, Go return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband." Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. <clears throat> but Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night, 
and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Ruth clung to her. Father, we thank you for your word. Um, Lord, help us to travel over millennia, Lord, and uh, land in this place, Lord, and, and recognize that it's not as far as we think. Help us to see your will, your hand moving, your spirit, Lord, uh, in this passage. Uh, help us to encounter you here in the sanctuary, Lord, continually. Uh, be glorified, Lord, in this time. Bless those that are here and um, uh, the households they represent, Father. I ask for fresh anointing to preach and an anointing to receive your word. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Keep your head up. Look on the bright side. Every cloud has a silver lining. Now, if you were just learning English, those things wouldn't mean the same thing to you that they mean to most of us in here who, who are hearing them. Um, all of these familiar sayings, they, they're, they're words of encouragement. When something has gone wrong and left someone feeling down or dejected or hopeless, in the church, we use scriptures like that. We, weeping indoors but for a night. <laughs> The joy comes in the morning. Uh, or, or, or the classic, God won't put more on you than you can bear. <laughs> Technically not a scripture, but it's, we use it in the church. I, I understand the, the sentiment. We, we want to give people hope. We don't like people feeling hopeless, right? Uh, uh, but here in the text today, things have gone horribly wrong. Uh, no, no quick saying or short verse is able to give encouragement to these folks that are dealing with this situation in the text today. But we'll see when, when everything else fails, God is still able to give a glimpse of hope in hopelessness. These people are in hopelessness. God is still able to give a glimpse of hope and hopelessness. Um, if, if you wrapped it all up, it, it would be that uh, you would find that a, a word of hope from God can change the entire course of someone's life. A word of hope from God can change the entire course of someone's life. Uh, just as a, a backdrop on the book of Ruth, I know we've studied it in our private time. Yeah, right? And so, uh, but, but just to think, think about it, the, the book of Ruth stands, it's like a bridge between two periods in the life of Israel. It, it picks up after they've entered into the promised land, and it, it closes by pointing to the time of Israel 
uh, uh, being a nation under a king that's chosen by the Lord. It's in, it's in the middle. In, in, in Ruth, the invisible God begins to be seen in his divine planning and care for the broken and for the hopeless. Ruth is, is written out like a story, but it's more than a story. It's, it's an account of real people with real lives and real pain that are, that are faced with choices concerning survival and, and relationships and God. Uh, when, we look, when we look at it that way, the situations this family faces uh, that take place over 3,000 years ago in the ancient Near East uh, could actually be happening right here in Wilmington, maybe around the corner on Justison, maybe over in Southbridge, in Browntown, in Hedgeville. Uh, 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 this is stuff that people are dealing with. Listen, listen to what's happening, uh, uh, the setting. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn uh, uh, stay for a little while in the country of Moab, and he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife was Naomi, and the name of his two sons were Milan and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. Uh, they went into the country of Moab and remained there. We usually only hear Bethlehem around uh, December, Decemberish, right? But, but, we, but we got a frame for Bethlehem, right? Um, these first verses help, help give the, the, the reader context for the story that's about to unfold. The first people that, that would have heard this would have, would have understood what went on in the time of Judges, when the Judges were ruling, and, and how people lived and people died in a time of famine. <clears throat> Some of those concepts are foreign to us. Uh, we, we don't really understand famine. We got refrigerators. We got, you know, Wawa. We got famine. If, if it didn't rain, food didn't grow. If it didn't grow, people didn't eat. Famine. It, it was a, this time that when the judges ruled, it was a rocky period for the people of Israel. Even though they were in the promised land, uh, there was war. And, and constant cycles of victory and defeat and obedience and disobedience, repenting and, and, and then God forgiving and then God raising up leaders called judges, these warrior leaders uh, to fight and to save. This cycle went on and on through the time of judges. The last verse in the book of Judges, it gives a, a basic summary of what it was like for God's people in that day. I think it wraps it up pretty well, and it sounds familiar. Judges 21 and 25 says, In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Is that Judges or is that right, right, 2020? Right. With, with that in mind, the book of Ruth opens up. Uh, while, while everyone was doing their own thing, a famine shows up in the promised land. Uh, the place God told them was flowing with milk and honey. There's a famine there. The famine could have just naturally occurred, or 
It could have been a curse for disobedience uh, that the Lord promised he would send. Back in Deuteronomy 28, he said, if you get there in the land and you don't do what you said you would do and what I said you should do, there's going to be problems. And the famine was one of those problems. Due to a, a lack of food in Bethlehem, and Bethlehem means the house of bread, so get the irony of that, right? There's no food in the house of bread. A man decides to take his wife and his sons uh, to another land that seemed full uh, of better opportunities to sustain his family. And that sounds legit on the surface, doesn't it? Uh, uh, you know, a man's supposed to do what's best for his family. Is that right? Yes. Uh, so, but, but one issue was, though, uh, that there were some things not considered. Uh, the land that they left was the land that God had gave them. In uh, the land of Moab, where they chose to go, was a land of people uh, uh, who God had separated them from, who, who God had excluded from Israel's holy gatherings. People, and, and the people of Moab, who, who tried to stop Israel from getting into the promised land. They tried to hire a... a <laughs> a bootleg prophet to, to, to curse Israel, and he wasn't able to do it. These are the folks that, that we're talking about. Um, the, these people, they were always engaged in an ongoing back-and-forth conflict with Israel. This is the land that he chose to take his family to. And now, although the, the, the move to Moab, it, it may have seemed like it was something wise and practical uh, on the part of Elimelech to save his family, it actually has some implications and some issues. Uh, we, you know, it, it, was a, it was a practical move, right? It made, it made sense. But it, and all, but it only made sense because we like to divide our world into spiritual and natural. We like to divide our world into the sacred and to the secular. Uh, um, the, the, the part that God rules over and the part where I rule over, right? Um, but, but if God is who the Bible claims and who we truly believe he is, uh, there's no part of our lives where he doesn't have a say about how we live and, and what we do, right? Elimelech's, uh, I got a paraphrase for you, Elimelech's decision to go over to Moab, it could also be translated like this. Elimelech did not trust that God would have mercy on him and his family and send food before it was too late. Instead of calling on and waiting for God in Bethlehem, he took things into his own hands. He believed that God, the God of the Moabites, the God that the Moabites were serving would take better care of him and his family than the God of Israel. Right. It sounds harsh when you read it, when, they, when you read it that way. Now, now whether 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 he, you know, he actually thought this way or not, it doesn't matter much when his actions demonstrated this. I mean, I forgot to mention Elimelech's, Elimelech's name means my king is God. My God is king, right? And so, and so his actions, uh, 
I don't know that they showed that his God was king. Who, who God truly is to us will always be demonstrated in our actions. It always, always leak out, right? Especially our actions when we get into trouble or hot water. We like Christians, we're like tea bags, right? You don't know what flavor until you get in hot water. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These, two, these took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah and the name of the other Ruth. They lived there about 10 years, and both Malin and Kilion died so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Uh, it, it's, even, 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 look at this, even in a patriarchal society, uh, we soon find out that the story isn't going to be about Elimelech uh, because he dies. Uh, He's pulled back out of the story. The the family's short stay there in Moab, there was a sojourn, just a stopover for a while. It turns into 10 long, hard years. And and the, the, the focus now shifts to Naomi as the matriarch a widow with two sons who took uh, two wives from Moab. And now these marriages weren't forbidden, but they were, they were discouraged because the women likely worshipped the gods of Moab. And so the sons would either influence them toward the true God or they would be influenced themselves toward the false god of Moab. Um, but before any idol worship could show up or happen or or even any children were born, Naomi's sons die. God is removing all of the men from this this picture. It it, it seems like her life had been declining and decreasing ever since she's come to Moab. Um, she, 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 She has her heart repeatedly broken over a span of 10 years. Can you imagine the grief she's experiencing losing all three of the men in her life? Just a second. It's the kind of pain that you wouldn't wish on any. You wouldn't even wish this on an enemy. She was now a childless widow. And on top of the loss of her loved ones, and this time having no male relatives meant a loss of security. She's both financially and physically vulnerable. And, and to make things worse, She's in a strange land, and in spite of her her two daughters-in-law, she feels alone, and she feels empty. Can you imagine how dark her life got, Uh, how how hopeless things must have seemed for her there off in Moab in that strange land alone? But then she gets a word. She gets a word. <laughs> it says in verse 6, a shift happens. The, the, the thing, things start to change. The, then she arose. She got up with her daughters-in-law and to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. <coughs> so she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. 
Just when Naomi must have been at her lowest point, she gets a word that gives her a glimpse of hope. Um, they, don't, they don't tell us how she got the word, but somehow she got a word that gave her a glimpse of her. God has moved on behalf of his people over in Judah. He's released the rain and the crops. <clears throat> and like the, the prodigal son, uh, she decides to get up and go back to, to return she, she heard God had done something, so she set out to the place where he did it. Uh, she heard God did something, so she rose and she set out to the place where God did it. Not only do we see a door of hope opening for her, <clears throat> we're reminded that she's not really alone. <clears throat> she's not really alone. Um, she has two more people who love her, and they rise up to go with her. Her daughter's-in-law, Op- Orpa. <laughs> I was going to say Oprah. Mm-hmm. Orpa and Ruth. Uh, you know, we're, we're used to, to, to drama between daughters and mothers-in-laws. And our, it's something about, I hear wives laughing. <laughs> The husbands are quiet. I don't. Well, we used we're used to that. I mean, it, not all, not all. My, my mother and my wife they had a a great day. She might have liked her better than me. I don't know. Um, but it's something about those relationships that you know they 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 they're rocky. But here, there's a different type of relationship going on. Um, it's one that's that's close knitted, that's loving. Orpa and Ruth. Uh, they were now also widows and, and, were, and were choosing, instead of getting rid of mother-in-law, they were choosing to stick with Naomi. In, in fact, maybe the pain of loss that they shared, it, it might have drawn them even closer together. Uh, there, there's a, a dynamic here between these women uh, that God is pulling out and allowing us to see that 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 most men don't get to experience, um, especially in our culture. Uh, many, many men are raised to believe that masculinity involves managing situations on our own. Uh, no matter the extent, the ex- severity of the thing, no matter the pain of it, we're taught to man up. Say amen, brothers, if you... If you We've been taught. We've been taught that, or maybe I was just taught that. <laughs> uh, 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 but this this is a broken way of thinking. Whether whether male or female, people need people. People need people. Uh, the, you don't believe me? The very image of God that we're created in exists in community. You know, uh, Himself, Father, Son, Spirit. And though he experiences no need in himself, he knew that we would experience need. And he wired us for community. And these women, uh, they, they get it. There's something about it that they just get, right? Um, but Naomi uh, said to her two daughters-in-law, go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, 
each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, no, we will, not, we will return with you to your people. We will return with you to your people. We see the, the mutual love between these women being expressed. Uh, they, they've become family. Um, uh, they, they, they're each willing to sacrifice their own needs for the needs of the other one. Um, Naomi wants what she thinks is best for them. She tries to, to release them to go back and start new lives. Um, she says, this thing is over. She reminds them that they, they have mothers back at home, and, and they got a chance to start over back in Moab, a fresh start. Some, some people would, would, would die for a fresh start. It, 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 it's, but it's worth, and it's worth noticing here, too, in, in this text that after at least 10 years there in Moab, Naomi still calls on the Lord and believe he's able, believes he's able to bless these women. She speaks a, a blessing over them. Uh, they, they had shown a faithful love to Naomi and her family, and she asked the Lord to pour it back out on them, blessing them with new husbands and peace-filled lives. Um, Naomi was still in touch with the Lord. We're learning something about Naomi that, that's going to be broken open as we, as we, go, as we continue, right? Uh, but it's something about Naomi that connected her and had these women connect with her in a powerful way. Uh, so, so powerful that in, in response, instead of considering the joy of going back, the daughters, they considered the pain of leaving. And they all cried out loudly. They wept. They bawled. They refused to leave Naomi. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Uh, go your way, for I, I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown uh, would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. The hand of the Lord has gone out against me. We know God is a spirit, but that, that was a, a euphemism for uh, the Lord's powerful moving on people. And, and, and when her calling it bitter meant it wasn't a good move. Um, Naomi repeatedly urges the daughters to turn back, turn back. Uh, you, you're going to hear that, that word, it, it keeps coming up. The same Hebrew word used for return and turn back here in these verses, it shows up 12 times in this chapter. It's pivotal. pivotal. It, it, it emphasizes all the choices and movement that's taking place in the story. Each time, it represents the chance for someone's entire life to be changed. That small word, turn, or turn back, or return. Uh, how many things can you look back on and say, if I would have turned back, 
<clears throat> if I would have went a different way. I, I, I used to do that all the time when I was a, a young guy in Philly, and they were having like some gang situations. I wasn't involved in it. But uh, 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 what, what, you know, I came out of school, and all my friends had got out, because, and I, had got, I was back in school late for some reason. And, <laughs> and, and, and when I came out of the school, <clears throat> something was telling me, Go this way and go to your grandmother's house. But I'm like, no, my house is over here. I'm just going to go there. And something was like, go that way, right? And so I, 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 I stepped out and I said, you know, I, I almost went to turn to go to grandmom's house. And I said, no, I'm going to go this way. And, and I went that way. And as soon as I went that way, a gang, about 12, 15 of them, they turned the corner. I said, oh, this is not good. They, they turned the corner. And, I, and so I... Uh, so, you know, I wasn't a runner. You might not be able to tell this. I was a tackle on the football team, not a run. I was not a running. Look, and, and so when I turned the corner, I saw him, and I, and I heard somebody say, hey, you, you, such, such, such. And I like, act like they're not talking to me. But uh, so I didn't respond, but by the time, but that, that didn't work for me. My wife hates this story. So. That, 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 that didn't work for me, and by the time I looked up, they were across the street, and they were, they were right at me, and, you know, I made it out. I'm here, though. I made it out. I'm not going to say what happened, but I made it out, right? But I, I would often look back because that moment changed because after that moment, my mother moved me to Maryland, <laughs> right? And I was there for some years, but that one moment, you know, of turning, I had a decision, and I made a decision, Right? But I don't know if there was just something behind that decision that I made that I, if I had to go back now, I guess I, I think I would make that same choice. I don't know. But Naomi is telling them to turn back. Naomi speaks lovingly to them, but, but realistically. Uh, she's now calling them daughters. Uh, they, she's tender. She's not, she's not calling them in-laws anymore. Her words are, are mixed with uh, wisdom and love and pain, and, and her responses, they, it, they, it makes logical sense what Naomi is telling them. She points out her age and, that, and, and the unlikely nature of her bearing a child. And Naomi considers here, when she talks about this child, she talks about, uh, she's considering the Leverite law in Deuteronomy 25, and, and, and that law was given to protect widows by having a brother marry a deceased brother's widow to provide for her while he could protect the inheritance, the family inheritance, and continue the family name. So there was a law put in place, right? Um, but Naomi, uh, she recognizes this, this, even that wouldn't help here. Uh, uh, she said, I have no more sons to offer you. Uh, uh, even if a miracle took place, it would be too late for these women. Uh, she, there's nothing more she can do for them, and Naomi is trying to express it to them. She wants them to have the best. She says, turn back. Even, if, even, even though they had suffered loss, Naomi goes on to explain to them that, that her loss was even greater. Um, not only has she lost more than them, her husband and her, and her two sons, she feels that underneath this, she feels like the Lord is acting against her. She doesn't want her daughters to have any part of that. 
And so she, she tells them to turn back. And, and, and you know, in her pain, she's, she's now considered the Lord. And, and sometimes people can see God clearly in blaming him for the pain versus seeing him working through the pain. Um, pain has a funny way of skewing how we view things, right? Um, either Even spiritual and, and non-spiritual people alike often have times in their grief and pain where they blame the Lord for whatever they lost or whatever they suffered. And, you know, I don't think God is caught off guard by that. Uh, 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 he knows that his ways and his plans are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. <coughs> and he understands that uh, we don't understand. <laughs> and, and so uh, we can take those things to God. Amen? Uh, Naomi is basically saying to her daughters, you can't handle the pain of my life. So turn back. Turn back. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. With another chance to go back and start over behind them, and the love of their mother, Naomi, and the uncertain road back to Bethlehem in front of them, Ruth and Orpah made their choice. With loud sobbing and tears, Orpah kisses her beloved mother-in-law goodbye and heads down the road back to Moab. But Ruth clung to her. She clung to her. She held on and committed to stand with her like a rock climber commits to holding on to the side of the cliff that they're climbing up. Clung. They, they both loved her, but Ruth clung to her. Uh, we don't fault Orpah for going back, but Ruth clung to her. And her decision sets the course for the rest of this story. Uh, this is just the beginning of the series. Uh, it, it, it sets the course for the story. And, and, but I was, I was thinking, every day we get the choice to turn to or turn from something or some things. And then the choices, uh, the choices they, 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 it may, they may involve pain. But when it involves returning or if it returns us to God or, or to the place where God is moving, there's always going to be hope. The choices are tough sometimes. But when God is in it, there's always, there's always hope in that thing. Um, people need to know that the Lord still gives hope to hurting people who turn to him. How many people in our reach are living under the weight of tragedy today? How many Naomi's are there out there right now? Not far from this place where we're standing. How are we making known the hope of the Lord to them? I, 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 I sit and I watch the news and I almost weep and I pray. And, you know, uh, uh, 10 shootings in eight days right here in Wilmington. Each shooting is, 
when, 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 there's, when, there's, when there's an injury, when there's a loss, there's, there's, a, there's a Naomi, there's a Ruth, there's an Orpah. <clears throat> Are we willing to go and be with them and give them that hope? Remember, Naomi heard. She heard that God was moving and doing something. How are they going to hear? People need to hear that God is still moving, that, that he can still bring hope Amen. and hopelessness. Amen. 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 We thank God. We thank God. We thank you, Lord, for your ability, um, for your omniscience. You know everything, Lord. Um, you know the situations. You know where uh, people feel broken and hopeless, Lord. You know um, that you have the hope that they need. So you sent your son, Jesus Christ. You didn't watch from a distance. You sent Jesus to embody the hope, to bring us back to you. You didn't stop there, Lord. You allowed him to die. You allowed him to be buried. You allowed him to be resurrected. He ascended into heavens. And now, Lord, you sent your spirit to live inside of your church. <laughs> and now we're tasked with being ministers of reconciliation, Lord, to comfort others with the comfort that you've comforted us with. Lord, make us ready. Make us willing, make us able. Lord, be glorified in us. We're your church, we're your sons and your daughters. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen.